Hi, and thank you for joining us today. Today I'm going to talk about how to bless other people. Last week I talked about the fact that church people often wear masks, not letting anyone know who they really are, that they really don't have it all together. We wear these masks to tell other people, I'm just fine. I live a perfect life. Nothing could be better. All the while we're hiding the fact that perhaps our marriage is falling apart, Our kids are disrespectful and rebellious. Perhaps you're addicted to porn. Alcohol is beginning to affect your work performance. Uh, My life is nothing like what I read on my Facebook feed. Death of my spouse has shut me off from all of my friends. My father's physically abusive to all of us at home, and he finally left us. People are hurting all around us, and we often never know it. Maybe we don't even care to know about it because life can be messy. Relationships are messy. So we just keep wearing the mask, and so do all the people who are hurting. Many of us believe that if I open up about my real life, the vulnerability will lead to even more hurt. So why take the risk? Last Wednesday in my Walking in His Steps class, we talked about a way to get involved in the lives of other people without being obnoxious or intrusive. And since Ken is out one more week, I thought it would be good to follow up on that teaching and talk about uh, what I did last week, removing the masks. So today, I want to talk about how to bless other people. If we're going to live out our faith in the context of a relational community, We have to be in close proximity to other people to get to know one another. In short, let's remove the masks and be the church that God intends for us to be. About a year ago, Ken shared with us three main goals for fall of 2020 that are going to lead us into 2021. And it was simple as 111. We were asking people to get connected to King's Grant in some very specific ways. The first one was Worship One. That one goal was to attend one worship experience every week. That was either online or on campus. This Worship One goal was likely the easiest goal ever because most of you were already connecting to King's Grant through a worship service. You know, it's been a year and a half, and we still have people who have yet to enter this sanctuary for worship. For some people, corporate worship is apparently not a priority. Oh, it's not the fear of COVID that keeps people away, because many people choose to attend Sunday school, but they don't worship God with the gathered body of Christ. Even online worship is down to about nine people a week that actually join together at 10 a.m. on Sundays for the premiere. We hope that worship is a priority for you every week. Likely since uh, you're present here and listening, that's not a problem for you right now. But this goal begs the question, how can we be followers of Jesus Christ and deliberately forsake the most basic command of meeting together for praise and worship? Now, the second goal we had was, we called it Group One. And this is where we get connected to a small group during the week. We have so many groups available, but not everyone has taken the leap and gotten involved in a small group. I think we feel that 
Worship in the sanctuary offers the desired anonymity that we want. I can come and go. I could attend or not without any accountability to other people. This goal of group one moves people out of their comfort zone because for some people, small groups have never been a priority and they've never joined a small group. Now is a great time to get started and I can help you get connected to a small group. These people that you would be uh, in a class with are on the same spiritual growth pathway as you. We share life together. Now, the third goal that uh, Ken presented was bless one. So worship one, group one, and bless one. This third goal was to participate in one act of service every week. And this is totally at your discretion. It doesn't necessarily mean you volunteer for some church program, although it could mean that. We hope that this Bless One strategy would help you to live life on mission, which would be a huge step for all of us to move forward and actually get connected to the kingdom work that's going on around us in the church as well as in the community. So with these three goals in mind, Worship One, Group One, Bless One, we hope that all of us will get involved and take part in the vision of King's Grant. Now, since part three is the most ambiguous, I thought I would help shed a little light on that topic about what Bless One is all about. So together we can make an impact, an eternal impact on the community around us. So what is Bless? What does it stand for? Now, Bless is an easy and effective way to share your faith with other people. You can embrace this personally and make an impact on your own circle of influence, but imagine a class or a small group embracing this strategy, which would encourage each other to reach out to those not yet connected to the church, and it would help us to keep up with one another. Remember, it's all about taking off the masks and investing into other people. I'll mention this again at the end of this message. We do this, all of this, to accomplish the mission Jesus gave to us and the three goals, these three goals, have been laid before us. We're blessed to be a blessing that goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 12. A large part of this bless others strategy is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with our friends, our co-workers, our classmates, our neighbors. My hope is that your church family would embrace this blessed lifestyle and realize that it not only is it easy to understand, it's something everyone can do. By actively thinking in terms of blessing others on a weekly basis, we can take off the mask, become real with another person, and it will eventually become a natural overflow of our lives that draws our neighbors, our co-workers, and relatives to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So let me share with you the five steps of blessing people around you. Now, it's an acrostic, so I'm going to spell the word bless. And so the B in bless means begin with prayer. I love Luke chapter 10, verse 2. It says, And he was saying to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Sharing your faith with other people can often seem hard or best left for those with a special gift from God. You know, that gift of evangelism. Or maybe it's for the pastor or paid professional. Or maybe it's for someone else, really anyone else but me. 
It may be surprising to learn that the first part of sharing the gospel with other people is prayer. You don't bring someone to Jesus that the Father does not first draw to Himself. We read about that in John chapter 6 and verse 44. You begin the process by making a list of those that you know that don't know Jesus. They're far from Him. And then pray that you might have an opportunity to bless them. Making this list may not seem important, but it is. Things get done when we're focused and intentional and specific. List making is a very helpful tool used by successful people in all walks of life. For the church, it can help us focus our attention upon those we hope to reach with the gospel. And we start with those in our own small circle of influence. So where do we find these people that we would put on our prayer list. You find people where you live, so your neighborhood, where you work, your co-workers, where you study, your fellow classmates at school, where you play, uh, could be the rec center or the ball field. It's where you shop. It's at groceries or the mall or wherever you shop. And so these are people that you run across on a regular basis. And if you know that they're unchurched, they can be on your prayer list. How can you make an impact in their life? The bottom line is this. We have to ask God very specifically something every single day before we get out of the house. We say, God, how do you want me to bless people in the places into which you are sending me today? And so we're looking for those opportunities. So here are some additional things that you can pray for. Pray that God would give you opportunities to do good to people that are on your list. Pray that God would give you wisdom to make the most of these opportunities. Pray that God would give you boldness to say what needs to be said. Pray for those in your circle of influence that that you'll have opportunities, that they will have opportunities to hear the truth, whether it's from you or not. Pray that as you've had a chance to share your story, that those with whom you're talking will have open hearts, receptive to hearing your story. So be in bless is begin with prayer. All right, the L in bless stands for listen. Mark, uh, excuse me, James chapter 1 verse 19 says this, This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Listening is the key to this verse. A key to being a blessing is learning the art of listening. To help someone find Jesus, you must first understand who they are and where they are. I call this taking a spiritual assessment. Once you know where they stand with Jesus, you'll gain a sense of where they still need to go on their spiritual journey. It's through the act of listening that we gain an understanding of several things, including their spiritual understanding and heritage, their cultural and family background, uh, the possible ways in which we can serve them. We're going to discover their fears, their wants, their hopes, their dreams. Remember, at this point, you're just listening and learning more about them. You're not trying to fix anything at this point. Listening builds trust and comfort in the relationship. You're getting to know them. They're not supposed to feel like they are your next evangelism project. 
It's very difficult to be effective in sharing your story if you've not first listened to their story. Sharing your story starts with listening to the other person. It's earning the right to be heard. So with this in mind, there are some helpful open-ended questions that you may want to keep in mind. I mean, these are just a sample of things that you could say. You could ask questions like, hey, what's your favorite memory from childhood? Boy, that could get people talking. What about your high school? What, what was your high school experience like? Maybe you know a single mom and, you, and, and you'd ask a question, you know, how do you manage to raise all these children alone? That'll get a conversation going. What do you want to be doing maybe in five years? If you could have the perfect job, what would it be? And then if you want to ask a spiritual question, ask, what do you believe about God? Because you may be surprised at what they actually believe about God. Let's not assume that just because they're unchurched that they don't have any particular beliefs about God. So it's very important to remember that we are called to listen. All right, the E in the word bless stands for eat. I have to admit, this is my favorite verse. But Mark chapter 2, verse 15 tells us, As it happened that he was reclining at the table at his house, and many tax collectors and sinners were dining with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many of them, and they were following him. And so Jesus is a great example of hospitality and dining with people, eating with other people. Hey, I was looking at the book written by Alan Hirsch and Lance Ford. It's called Right Here, Right Now. And uh, they got a great quote that I want to share with you. Missional hospitality is a tremendous opportunity to extend the kingdom of God. We can literally eat our way into the kingdom of God. They go on to say, If every Christian household regularly invited a stranger or a poor person or a work colleague into their home for a meal with the family once a week, we would literally change the world by eating. Sharing meals together on a regular basis is one of the most sacred practices we can engage in as believers. Many people are surprised to find that sharing a meal with people is so, has so much potential uh, to talk about Jesus. So whether you're at your favorite vacation spot, eating at a restaurant, or having neighbors over for a comfortable evening at your home, people share the most interesting things about themselves in the context of eating a meal. I have found that one of the biggest obstacles to people sharing meals together really is time. A lot of people feel the pressure to be elaborate or to entertain their guest. While entertaining is appropriate at times, entertaining is not our goal. We're supposed to be involved in Christian hospitality, not entertaining. I suggest keeping things simple. The goal is really about having fellowship around a meal it's not about the meal itself. All right, so in our acrostic, the first S in bless is for serve. And I get this out of Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give 
his life a ransom for many. We understand that the essence of discipleship is that we are called to be like Jesus, to conform to His image. We read about that in Romans chapter 8, verse 29. We also know that Jesus was a servant. His entire ministry is a stunning example of serving others wherever He went, from His first miracle at the wedding at Cana, to the feeding of the 5,000, to the simple expression of washing the feet of the disciples, Jesus served, and that's how he lived. Chances are you already serve in many ways at church, or you're ready to take the next step of living your life on mission, making an eternal impact on the people around you. So there are some practical ways to be intentional about how and where you serve. And so I want to share four strategic ways to think and act about serving Others. The first thing I want you to know about is proximity. The first place to start is with those in close proximity to us. Look around to your neighbors, to the people you work with. Or how about the parents you sit with on the sidelines while you watch your kids playing sports? Or maybe serving people in a homeless shelter or the crisis pregnancy center or the local food bank. Start nearby. You will never have high impact unless you have close proximity. The second thing I want you to know about, I use the word perceptively. Now, we seek to understand the people that God has put in close proximity to us. You know, Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 4, great verse I found. The Lord God has given me the tongue of disciples that I may know how to sustain the weary one with the word. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. Listen, and then ask the Lord to show you how to perceptively speak into the lives of other people. The third word I would use is powerfully. In John chapter 14 and verse 12, it says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. We can take Jesus at his word and believe that God will, in his time, give their lives to Christ. We need to claim his power to share our faith And leave it up to Him to draw people to Him in His time. The fourth word I'll use is personally. One of the greatest miracles of the Bible was when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus was more than a spiritual project. He was Jesus' friend. And it was obvious to others that Lazarus was close to Jesus. As we share our lives with people... We're going to hurt when they hurt, and we're going to rejoice when they rejoice. Taking this personally means we are to seek to share life with other people. I love the word intentionality. We have to do this on purpose. It will not happen by accident. So finally, we get to the last S, in the word bless, and it stands for story. And the verse I choose is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power in the Holy Spirit 
when he comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. There are two stories that you'll want to share. The first story is your story, and that's your personal testimony. If, If you're born again, you have a story of how God brought you to faith in Christ. The second story that you want to share is His story. This is the gospel story where you're able to walk someone through the Bible to help them understand God's plan of salvation. So it's very important that we plan ahead for when the opportunity presents itself. As you have served others in the past, perhaps you have been asked, hey, what makes you different from other people that I know? Why are you doing this for me? And I'm not even paying you to do it. You're doing it for free. Well, maybe also you've also mentioned a Jesus in casual conversation. Now, whatever the case, it's important that you recognize opportunities and then act on them to share your faith story. When thinking about how to share your story, begin by asking God to bathe the entire process in prayer. And this is in the Holy Spirit. And then give you wisdom as you write it down. When thinking about sharing your story with others, let me suggest this very simple three-step process. The first is to write down your story. Start by asking God to give you wisdom and clarity as you write it down. The goal here is not to have a perfectly written document, but to get your thoughts down on paper. This will help you clarify it in your mind. Make it clear enough without using a lot of churchy words that need clarification or explanation. And make it long enough to cover what you need to say, yet concise enough to share your story at a place like the bus stop or the fast food line or maybe in the grocery store line. So write down your story. Step two is to weave it all together. Once you have your thoughts on paper, it's time to get selective. Read through your ideas and use a highlighter, underline the most important feelings, examples, or incidents that relate to each of these three points in your outline. Use the ideas highlighted to begin writing your story and make sure you explain what your life was like before you knew Christ, how you came to know Him, and what your life is like now that you have Jesus in your life. And so write down your story, weave it all together and and refine it. And then step three is tell your story to other people. Now that you've thought through and prepared your story, it's time to share it with the individuals with whom you have cultivated a relationship. And so while you do that, here are some things that you might want to keep in mind. First, be prayerful. Respond to God's prompting about the right time and place for sharing your story and ask the Holy Spirit to help you share it effectively. Secondly, be positive and confident. Smile a lot and share with enthusiasm, knowing that you do so in the power of the Holy Spirit. And thirdly, be natural and conversational. Never argue about faith or put on the pressure you know, pressuring your friend you know, for a decision. The results are up to God. He alone is the one who will draw people to himself. 
Now, as I wrap this up, I have a couple of final thoughts. At this point, you're likely thinking, how in the world does he expect me to remember all this stuff about the blessed strategy? Now, I have two thoughts. You can download this podcast and you can hear it again. Take notes and even get with a friend to hold each other accountable for this area of growth in your life. The second thing I'd suggest is what if small groups and classes embrace this strategy? I've put together a BLESS scorecard. I'll have that on the website as well. Imagine with me that every class, they passed out these BLESS scorecards each week and asked members to record their interactions with other people using this BLESS strategy during the previous week. As an example, how many people did you pray for this past week? How many people did you make an intentional effort to ask questions to get to know them better and really listen to their responses? How many people did you eat with this past week? Maybe lunch at work or maybe a neighbor over to your home or maybe you uh, went out for a burger after a ball game. How many opportunities did you get to serve someone else trying to meet their needs? And did you get to share your story or God's story with someone this past week? And then your class secretary would take all these cards, and since none of the cards have a name on them, because there's no pressure, it's not a competition, you don't have to compare yourself to other people, But you score honestly and you turn the card in. So at the end of the Bible study, you might discover that perhaps you had 75 people being prayed over this past week. 25 intentional listening events. Maybe 12 people were able to share a meal with an unchurched person. Maybe three people shared a testimony with someone this past week. And perhaps two people were able to share the gospel with somebody. Intentional sharing the plan of salvation. Add all that up to discover 117 touches. Reaching out and making an impact on those around us. In class and in the community. Now this example is one class. Now imagine every class embracing this strategy. How much could this not only change the lives of people who are far from God, but how might this change King's Grant Baptist Church? May we have a renewed commitment to the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. May we employ this tool that will help us to be accountable to one another and the church as a whole. What better way to take off the mask that we wear by stepping into intentional relational ministry. Perhaps you realize you need to step it up to another level of commitment to Christ and to His church. Maybe this is a strategy that you want to know more about, and I would love the opportunity to talk more about this and how you fit into God's plan to reach the world with the gospel, starting with our own community. The church can help you become a fully devoted disciple of Jesus and become the person of God that you were created to be for His kingdom's sake. And so as we wrap up, I'd like to to pray for us. So let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord Jesus, we give this time to you. Make us into the followers of Jesus that you need for us to be. We recognize that this life is all about Jesus. It is not about us. 
That church is all about Jesus and it's not about us. That worship is all about Jesus and it's not about us. Father, convict us of the selfishness of not realizing we were created to no longer stand on the sidelines, but that you want us to get into the game. Father, help us to embrace the words of that old familiar hymn, All to Jesus I surrender, all to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. May this be our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you for joining us today. Ken plans to be back next week to conclude his series on the Mind Matters, Lord willing. Fight the good fight of faith this week. Stand firm on the rock that is Jesus and draw near to our source of power and our source for motivation. Have a great week. I love you a lot and I'll see you soon.